Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it is August 5th, it's 2019, and we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Ginifro7. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. I had a nice little bachelor party this weekend. Got a bunch of sun sitting around in 110 degree weather. I'm very sore, but I feel fantastic. <laughs> You're always in such a good mood. Like, Grant's always in a good mood. There, you know, I don't ever st- tend to you know, start ch- chatting with you and, like, feel like you're in a bad mood. Yeah, I don't really get bad moods. Why would I be angry? I play fantasy sports for a living. What's there to be angry about? <laughs> I could see it, though. I-, I could see it if you were, like, hangry, though. Like, I, I could see you when you're hungry, maybe getting hangry instead of um, angry. Yeah, yeah, that sometimes happens, but rarely. Generally, I'm eating most of the time, so I'm never really hungry. There you go. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to check out our sponsor, FantasyDraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get access to any cool promos that we do with them. Plus, you'll get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you sign up over there. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. They got a bunch of stuff going on right now with rake-free um, memberships and stuff like that. So if you want to read more about that, go over there and uh, all the details right there and um, check them out. Yeah. Also, if you're not worried about if you're worried about not getting enough action over there, let's just say that's probably not going to be a problem once football season comes around. They they are going to have some big contests. All right, I like it. I like it. Let's jump into the slate. Twelve games. The Brewers, the Pirates is where we get started. Jordan Lyles up against his old team here, um, and then Dario Agrazel. Um, any interest here in Lyles? Not really. He's, I mean, he's got decent numbers, and moving over to Milwaukee is, is a boost for him in terms of, like, I'm assuming they'll fix his pitching mechanics just like somehow Houston fixed Aaron Sanchez within one day so for some unknown reason. But I don't really like to play pitchers going up against their former teams. They tend to know the pitchers' tendencies a lot more than other ones. Like, the underlying numbers and the price are not too bad here. I think I'm going to stay away mostly. There are some other guys that I like in this price range. I'm not going to talk you off of them, but Sometimes I just like to avoid pitchers going up against their old team. Yeah, like this ballpark, um, not the best. He has a 5.28 xFIP against lefties this season. You know, home run per nine at 1.87. He's struggling massively with lefties. They got plenty of lefties in this lineup. Uh, so for me, it, it's a spot that you know I think we can stay away from Jordan Lyles, and I feel perfectly okay with it. Um, I'm going to play him. Like I played him in his first start with this team, but I'm, I'm not going to play him in this one. So I, I like the move for Lyles, but I, I don't like this spot for him. Uh, Grozel on the other side of this game, you know, he has struggled with just striking people out. Like we look at the numbers, you know, strikeout rate at 11.6%, the swinging strike rate at 6%. He's really struggled with lefties and righties, but he has a 167 BABIP to lefties. And we're going to see some massive regression here. His ERA to lefties is 3.6. His XFIP to lefties is 6.3. 
So there's some regression on these numbers coming for Grozzle, and um, it could start here against the Brewers. So I really don't have any interest. Do you have any interest in a Grozzle? No, you, you said it perfectly. And, I mean, yeah, you just look at – his Woba is under 300 versus lefties, and that doesn't happen with a 15% K rate. That doesn't happen at all unless you have, like, an 80% ground ball rate. He has a 30% ground ball rate, near 40% hard contact rate. He is due for a bunch of negative regression. He's – a terrible pitcher and terrible for fantasy. I have no interest in him. If this game was in Milwaukee, Milwaukee would be a top stack for me. This isn't the best ballpark in the world. Um, you know, kind of looking at their pricing here now, Yelich is 5.7. But when we start going down, Moustakas at 4.2. I really like that price for him. Um, Grendahl at 4.2. I think he's very playable. Thames at 4K. Um, I don't mind getting exposure to these guys. It's hard to play – Pay for that price for Yelich, but you know he's always a guy that's a top end option. It's just there's some better spots today on this slate. Yeah, I I think I'm a little bit higher on it than you are. I mean, even though it's not very good ballpark, this is a very good spot here, and the lefty power is just massive on this team. I mean, we didn't even mention Shaw, who if he's in the lineup will be 2.6k. Um, but like, there's enough power on this lineup here where I'm willing to play them in a stack for at their low prices in big field tournaments just because, like, they can still put up – I mean, we've seen Pittsburgh put up 11 runs multiple times a season at home for no apparent reason at all. This is a perfect pitcher to go against them, especially the high strikeout guys like Thames. So I, I, I have no problem with Milwaukee stack, and I'll be targeting a few guys in this lineup. All right, Pittsburgh side of things, you know, we talked about Lyles struggling with lefties. Not the greatest ballpark in the world. Um, any interest here in the Pittsburgh Bats? I mean, it's really just Bell for me. Um, he's a lefty. He's the one with most power out of anyone in this lineup. He's been a little bit cold recently, and his price tag is just all right at 4.6K. But if I'm going to anyone, it'd be him. But outside of him, like the Mil- Milwaukee has a great bullpen behind Lyles too. So it's not like it's a great matchup and then great bullpen matchup afterwards. So it's just Bell for me. Yeah, I don't mind um, Frazier at 3.6K if you're looking for a cheap second baseman. Um, but I- I'm with you. I think Bell's the play. And I-, I probably honestly won't play a lot of him either. Um, you know, he's 4.6. That's very fair. It's just – it's not the greatest, um, you know, ballpark in the world. But moving on, you got the Yankees and Baltimore Tanaka against um, Gabriel y- Nona. Um, any interest here in Tanaka? I think you kind of have to. I mean, the numbers in this lineup are just so bad, and Tanaka has struggled versus lefties so far this year. But there's not really that many great lefties outside of Santander and VR. But, like, Jace Peters, this lineup's just trash. Like, Santander, VR, and Cisco are the only ones that can really do that much damage. What we worry about most is Tanaka giving up some home runs. And he's gone back to a mediocre K-rate guy, but he's going up against a team with a 25.8% projected K rate in the lineup here. It's a bad lineup. I don't want to use him, but I'll, I have some interest on him, but I'll probably try and rather get up to G leader or Castillo. Yeah. Like I think that's my biggest um, thing with Tanaka is 8,900. Yeah. The matchup is super solid here against Baltimore. He's been struggling, um, you know, especially recently, if we look at the numbers, he's really struggled uh, just with command in general, pitching deep into games. They're not really letting him pitch deep into games. So, at 8,900, I want a guy that's going to go out and throw 100 pitches, and that's just not Ben Tanaka recently. So, 
I don't love this spot as far as that, but, you know, the strikeouts upside is certainly there. Cisco, Davis, Martin, Peterson, Nunez, all these guys strike out at high clips um, against right-handed pitching. So Tanaka has struggled with the long ball a little bit this season. Um, Nonya on the other side of this game, you know, I just – I don't like playing pitchers against the Yankees. I think you can take spots, you know, certain times. But Suda has a 12.4% K rate against righties. He gives up a lot of medium to hard contact to righties. This line is very right-handed heavy. Gives up a lot of home runs to lefties. Like, it just doesn't really set up well for him. Yeah, this is not a good spot. I don't want to target almost anyone versus the Yankees unless they're a decent pitcher. I get he's cheap. I get there's not a whole lot of cheap options. Regardless, I'm not going to play him. I'd much rather – like, your options are going between, like, an ace and, you know what? or going with two mid-tier options. And I think there's a few options in the mid-tier I'd much rather go with than just taking him with an ace. So I, no interest for me with him. Just just going to cross him off. All right, looking at the bats in this one, uh, we'll start with the Yankee side of things. Obviously, you know, both first basemen on the aisle over the weekend, Gary Sanchez, Aaron Hicks. Like, it, it's just one thing after another for the Yankees. They can't stay healthy, but – you know, we, we should see a pretty interesting, you know, look to the lineup here. And I'm guessing, you know, we'll potentially see Mike Ford in the lineup. He's a $3,900 uh, lefty here. I think he's really in play. And, you know, Aaron Judge is still 4600 I think he's in play at that price point. Yeah, I mean, it's a little tough to stack the Yankees, even though a lot of their guys are on the aisle. So many of their hitters are so good that, like, Ursula, Torres, Didi, Judge, and LeMay are all good hitters, but they're all around 5 k or more. Um, I'm probably just going to avoid this outside of Aaron Judge 4.6K price tag, but I'm not going to argue with the Yankee stack. It's probably going to go moderately on their own, and there are good ways to do it here, so I don't mind it. <laughs> it's not going to look pretty when you do it uh, with all these guys banged up right now, that's for sure. Uh, the Baltimore side of things, Snaka has struggled with home runs. Is there any of these bats that you might get you know, interest in just for the home run upside? No, no, there's – I mean, all, most of the guys are too expensive. I mean, you can take a shot on Cisco. Um, I'd really prefer lefties versus them. So, it's pretty much Santander, VR, Cisco, and Davis. And I'm not liking the price tag on those first two, and I just don't like Chris Davis in general. But if you want to take a shot on a 3K punt at first base, then you can with Chris Davis. Like I said, Tanaka gives up bombs. Sometimes he doesn't strike out lefties at a massive clip, but – it's probably just Cisco for me, and I'm still not even a big fan of that. Moving on, we got the Angels at Cincinnati facing the Reds. It's going to be an opener of Taylor Cole, and then Patrick Sandoval is going to make his major league debut. Luis Castillo pitching for Cincinnati here. Do you have any interest in Patrick Sandoval? I don't think so. I mean, I was looking at his minor league numbers, and he does have very good K stuff. But he also can get really wild with walks, and there's a lot of guys that are pretty patient at the plate on this team versus lefties. I'm not terribly against it. I think there's just other guys that I'd probably rather go with. Um, I just don't know if he's going to end up going late into the games because of his walk issues. And he had almost five FIP and XFIP in the minors this year. Like maybe he shows his – stream K stuff maybe he doesn't it may be worth a shot in tournaments I just don't know if I'm going to do it yeah you talked about his strikeout upside you know 
I don't want to give him a pass, but he is pitching in the PCL. Um, that's one of the toughest minor league, you know, systems leagues to pitch in. So not going to give him a pass, but I will say he has a ton of strikeout upside. Uh, you talked about it. 14.2% swinging strike rate in AAA this season. He's always shown really good strikeout ability. Honestly, he's probably a next year guy. I don't think he's ready this year, to be honest. Um, so I don't know if I would play him here. You know, like you said, you got to kind of worry about how deep he'll pitch here. If he was a little bit cheaper, I think I could maybe get a little more interested. But I'll be honest, there's not a guy that I, like, love in this price range today. So, like, if I end up playing him, I, I-, I might. Um, there's just – there's two other guys that I'm considering. So, um. The other side of this game, Luis Castillo, it's a really tough matchup for him here. Um, he is at home, but he is facing the Angels. Do you have any interest here in Luis Castillo? Yeah, my guess is just because of Giolito, Giolito's matchup, he's probably going to be the chalk pitcher tomorrow. Um, but Castillo, he's getting the Angels going from the AL to the NL, so they're losing the DH there. They're always known as a very low strikeout team, but you actually look at this lineup and they're going to be around league average with – a pitcher in the nine hole now. So that gives him a much better matchup against Castillo's got great K stuff. As we all know, good ground ball pitcher. He does struggle with walks, but outside of trout Upton, like there's really not a ton of walks in this lineup here. I, I like him. I think I like him better for tournaments and G Lito. If we're just talking about raw points or if I'm off with the ownership check with it tomorrow, I think G Lito is going to be the chalk. So I'm going to go with Castillo instead. Cause in my mind, they're close enough to a coin flip. But he's still got 16% swing the strike rate, 30% K rate going up against an average strikeout team with them losing the DH. So I don't mind Castillo. I'm not terribly on Castillo or Giolito. It's just whoever ends up being the less chalky pitcher is the one to get against my vote. Yeah, and you know you mentioned that Otani is probably not going to be in the lineup here. That takes out one of the bats that you're super worried about. You know, still a really strong lineup, but, you know, it adds – a pitcher spot instead of, you know, an Otani who, you know, has a 200-plus ISO against right-handed pitching this season. So, um, so yeah, I like Luis Castillo for tournaments as well. He's a, he's a good ground ball pitcher too, especially against righties. So, like, maybe he can keep the ball on the ground against Trout, and that's helpful. But Trout typically hits ground ball pitchers really well. So, it's kind of a mixed bag here. And as far as the Angels hitters go, it'd be Trout. Um, I don't think anybody will necessarily argue that. I think Trout's the guy that if you're going to play some Angels, um, he's the guy. I mean, Trout and Upton at 3.4K. Um, Upton's an extreme fly ball hitter, or yeah, hitter, 43% fly ball rate. And he does strike out a decent clip, but that price tag is just so darn cheap considering how good of a hitter he is. It's really just those two guys for me. If you really want to throw in Calhoun, you can. He's a little bit more expensive, 4.1K, but Trout just for the fact that he's great and Upton for the fact that he's way underpriced. Um, Cincinnati side of things, you know, Sandoval has been giving up some home runs in in AAA. So if you want to look at maybe a Senzel, Suarez, um, I don't hate an Irvin if he's cheap. What are your thoughts here on Cincinnati? I don't think I'm going to use any of them. Um, like, the big thing with him is walks. Like, I don't mind a few one-off bats, but I don't think stacking is going to be the best idea in the world. The price tags on everyone are about where they should be. And I just 
Like, yeah, you can go Irving at 4K, you can go Votto at 4K, you can go Senzel around 4K, Suarez around 4.4, but none of them stand out as great plays. It's probably going to be an avoid spot for me, and I'm guessing they're going to get some ownership because people are going to try, don't have a real cheap pitcher to go with, so they're going to go with a cheap stack. We don't currently have a Vegas implied total, but I'm guessing it's going to come on around 4.8 for them. Um, so... I, I, I just don't see the real need to go there. I don't see a huge amount of upside. He did give up some home runs, but it was only about one per nine. And most of the most of the problems he had were with walks, and that's why he gave up so many runs. So I'm probably just out on the reds. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't hate Aquino on Fanduel. Like he's min salary over there. Should bat fifth, maybe sixth here, maybe seventh. But you know, he he's kind of interesting. He's shown a little bit of power in AAA, so I don't mind him. Um, towards the bottom of the order, min salary over there on Fanduel, thirty six hundred. He's okay on DraftKings. I just think we're gonna find better options in that price range today. Um, I might have a little bit more upside. As soon as you said Aquino, and every time I hear his name, I immediately think of that one commercial where the guy's like, "What's Aquino?" Well, I ate it last week and we won. Guess I've got to do it again. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that commercial. Oh, it's it's referring to quinoa burgers. He's like, it worked last week. Guess we're eating quino again. <laughs> Texas at Cleveland, ten and a half total here. Mike Miner um, against Aaron Civil. Civil is a minus one ninety five here. Um, got called up earlier this year. Pitched one game. Got sent right back down. Pitched really well in that start. Um, any interest here, in Miner? I don't think so. They have a, what, six implied total here, and it's not even in Texas. Miner's priced up at 10K. Much rather go with Castillo. Much rather go with Giolito. Miner's starting to show his true form a little bit more now, which, I mean, could just be wear and tear going throughout the season with him being an older pitcher. Or he could just have not been as good as he was at the beginning of the season or just random regression. But I don't want to pay near 10K for him going up against a very good Cleveland team. Um, Aaron Civil on the other side, you know, his first start against Detroit, much different start here, um, against Texas, massive favorite here at home. We don't have a ton of pitchers in this price range today. Do we expect him to get some ownership here? Uh, I think he'll get some and I'm still probably higher on them than most of the people. There's three people in the mid range. This is the first one that I really have interest in, uh, Seville, he's got decent K numbers in the minors here. And he went up and he walked a bunch of guys in his first outing, which is not something that he showed in the minors. So I'm expecting the walk rate to regress while the strikeout should be moderately consistent. 6.9K is too much, especially going up against a Texas team that does have some strikeouts in it. I I like him quite a bit, and I'm going to use him, even if he is a little bit chalky. It's kind of how I feel. Like, I I don't love it. I like the fact that, you know, he's opening uh, instead of Sandoval, who is kind of coming in later. He's a little bit cheaper. So, I think he's certainly in play. Um, You know, yeah. Like, we're going to talk about a game here in a few minutes that we're going to want a bunch of bats from. So, cheap pitchers definitely make sense here. So, he's certainly one of those guys. Not going to sleep on the Texas bats, though, um, on teams that I don't have him. You know, we could potentially look at some of these left-handed bats here. You know, Chu, Santana, Mazzara, Calhoun. Um, you know, this lineup striking out a ton right now. There's a lot of strikeouts in this Texas lineup, but 
kind of one of those teams that they strike out a lot, but they have a lot of power as well. Yeah, yeah, no, they're good for fantasy, both opposing and both for the opposing pitchers and for them themselves. I mean, they don't really walk at a huge clip, which is great for fantasy, and they all have power. Uh, so I don't mind Calhoun. I don't mind Odor. I don't mind Mazzara. I don't mind Andres. I don't mind Chu, Santana. The problem is all their prices going up against a, with only a 4.5 implied run total. If Seville is going to be really chalky, then I guess it makes sense as a leverage stack off of them. Um, but no one's price really stands out here as particularly good in this matchup outside of the worst hitter in baseball if Mathis is in the lineup at 2K. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting real sick of just taking fours and fives with Mathis, Mathis so I'm not even sure if I'm going to go there. Trade deadline, Cleveland added some right-handed depth to this lineup. Puig, Reyes, um, they have a six-plus implied total here, second-highest implied total on the slate. What are we doing here with the Cleveland bats? We're playing them. I mean, mine are still a decent pitcher, but like adding Puig and Franmel going up against a lefty is massive here for them. So they actually have a very solid starting six versus lefties now. Um, so I really like Lindor, really like Santana, really like Jose Ramirez, really like Reyes' price tag. He's going to be bagging further down the order, so people probably won't use him, but he does have a bunch of power and can absolutely just bomb one out of the ballpark going up against a pitcher that versus righties on the season has a decent fly ball rate and a decent hard contact rate. So I, I really like this stack here. I really like the individual players. My favorite's probably Jose Ramirez, um, but really like Reyes' price and really like all the other guys. Yeah, and like if Luplo hits towards the bottom of the order, he's going to be alone, and he's crushed left-handed pitching, 373 ISO um, this season against lefties. So don't forget about him to kind of make your stack a little bit different. They'll be popular here. They have, you know, six-plus implied total. Uh, moving on, we got the White Sox and the Tigers. It's Lucas Gioletto against Spencer Turnbull. Um, Gioletto, you know, what are we doing here with um, – God, this team just the, – the strikeouts continue to get higher for Detroit. They keep adding these young guys, and the strikeouts keep going up. Yeah, just an absolutely ridiculously bad lineup um, with huge fantasy upside. Everyone strikes out at a 30% clip. Pretty much everyone here. Giolito is going to be the chalk. It's going to happen. And obviously the biggest thing we worry about is how his control has gotten a bit worse as the season has gone along. But there's just not a lot of walks in this lineup. Like I said, I'm, gonna tr- I'm expecting Giolito to be the mega chalk here because of the matchup. In tournaments, I prefer Castillo. But for cash, I'd probably go Giolito if I even spend up on a pitcher at all. Like, the upside is just massive here, considering how bad this lineup is. It, I just got to imagine he's going to be 35% just because people immediately see G. Lito, 30% K rate going up against a horrible Detroit offense. Yeah, he's going to be popular for sure. Um, no, no, no doubt. Like, he's going to be a really high-owned pitcher, but the upside here is tremendous. You know, we go to the other side of this game, Spencer Turnbull coming back from the I.L., you know, I was looking at it, and, you know, he's been out since the end of July, July 17th. So, I, I think we potentially see him in, in the 80, 80 pitch range here. 
Is that enough at 7K to pique your interest here um, against this White Sox team that strikes out more than the Detroit team? I think it is. Um, like, Turnbull is an entirely mediocre pitcher. Like, that That we know. He's not great. He's not bad. Average strikeout numbers, slightly above average exit, slightly above average walks, like, decent ground balls. But this Chicago team is just – so bad also, and so many strikeouts. I mean, a 27% projected K rate in the projected lineup, and you look at plate IQ, I can't find a single non-red strikeout number in this lineup here. I I could see him getting eight strikeouts in, with 80 pitches. I realistically could see that happening. I'm going to use him. He's another guy in the mid-range that I think is very viable today. I think there's still a chance that he goes 100 pitches. Like, he's only been out for a few weeks. So, like, two weeks he can still be at near full strength. And I can't remember exactly what the injury was. I think it was a back injury, um, which isn't good. But they wouldn't bring him back unless he was fully fine. So, he's going to be rested. And he's going up against a team that is free swinging and strikes out a bunch of guys. And Turnbull slightly above average walk rate is essentially meaningless going up against the lowest walk rate lineup I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, so he um, he made a minor league rehab start. So, you know, I, I think maybe it could be closer to – if he's pitching well, I think they, they might let him go a little bit more than 80 here. Just kind of reading, you know, about the injury and, you know, they said he's good to go. So, I like Turnbull as well. Um, as far as the White Sox bats go <laughs> – the lineup's ugly, you know. I, I just don't really get excited about any of these guys. Yeah, Abreu's all right. That's that's the end of my analysis pretty much. Abreu's <laughs> all right, 3.7K. Or Jimenez is all right, 3.4K. If you really need some cheap bets, or if Turnbull is for some reason chalky, which I could see happening. Like, this lineup's so terrible, but... Like, there's a few power bats in Tim Anderson, McCann, Jimenez, Reed, Abreu. I could see stacking them if Turnbull's going to get 30% ownership, which is possible here. And they don't walk a lot, so they aren't going to get walks, which aren't great for fantasy. But, like, if this is just so ugly. I don't want to do it, but I may have to if Turnbull's going to be the chalk. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I, I do. Like uh, our boy Blender says, vomit stack. Um, Detroit side of things here. While I can understand playing some White Sox, I don't think I will play Detroit against Dioletto. Um, You know, he does walk guys from time to time, but I just don't really see a lot of upside here for Detroit. Yeah, zero interest in any Detroit bat. Uh, moving right along. Kansas City at Boston. We have an 11.5 total here. Mike Montgomery against Rick Porcello. Porcello is a 235 favorite and has nothing to do with Porcello. Mike Montgomery stinks. He is really bad. Bad weekend uh, for the Red Sox coming off of a, a rough series against the Yankees. But we look at Montgomery's numbers this year, Grant. They're just – they're really bad. You know, 351 Woba to righties, under a 15% K rate, only a 13% soft contact rate. The home run per nine is pushing 1.5. Um, nothing screams like play play Michael Montgomery here. 
Yep, not going to use him. No chance. He's not good, and this is not a good spot. Um, Porcello on the other side, I really don't have any interest in him either. Yeah, he's been trash over the last month. Um, there are some strikeouts in this Casey lineup but, and some bad hitters, but nothing enough to get me excited to play Porcello. Yeah, Porcello is just struggling so much with home runs. Both sides of the plate just – can't keep the ball in the ballpark and you know as much as you know Kansas City will strike out they they have some power in this lineup too Dozier, Solero, Hearn you know even Alex Gordon has a little bit of power Merrifield like enough power in this lineup for me to stay away from these from, from Rick Porcello here yeah um let's talk bats um let's start over here on the Kansas City side and the guy I wanted to start with is Ryan O'Hearn <laughs> You know, he's he's up to 3K, Grant, but he's hit a home run. Um, one, well, he's like six on the season. He hasn't hit one since he's got called back up. But um, any interest in O'Hearn here? Yeah, O'Hearn's only 3K. That's, that's more than enough. I mean, we're deciding between Chris O'Hearn and Chris Davis, or not Ryan O'Hearn and Chris Davis, as a 3K punt at first and – Porcello's just been such trash lately and can easily give up a bomb, and he's terrible versus lefties. I have interest in O'Hearn. And then Dozier and Solaire, we already mentioned it. They have a ton of power. Porcello's struggling with home runs. Don't mind the, the little mini stack there. And if you want to throw in Witt or Gordon, like their implied total is going to be more reflected of their top five batters than it is the bottom four. The bottom four are just absolute trash. So 4.6 run implied total. Half the lineup is attributing to 80% of that run total. So going with those five guys is not a bad idea. Yeah, and like for what it's worth, I like Sam Travis more than I like um, O'Hearn. But if you're w- looking for a cheap first baseman, I think O'Hearn's worth looking at. That's going to segue us to the Red Sox side of this game. Um, love the Red Sox here. Uh, they're going to be the top stack on the slate. They're going to be the highest owned stack on the slate. They have a seven implied run total at home after a bad weekend. Bogarts, JD, Sam Travis, Betts, all these guys have been really, really good against left-handed pitching this season, and Montgomery's just not good. JD has a 500 ISO and a 550 Woba versus lefties this season, and he's been struggling overall this season, which should tell you something. He is going to crush here. Um, JD's probably the top overall play on the slate, but you name anyone in this lineup not named Jackie Bradley, which – even if you played him, I'm not going to argue against it. I would suggest it's against it, but uh, you can do what you want. There's a 7-1 implied total. Everyone can hit here. Everyone has power, and Sam Travis is way too underpriced. And then you can play him in the outfield, Stevie, so you can play both him and O'Hearns if you want. Yeah, if you want to. All right, Toronto at Tampa, seven and a half total. Wagus back against Morton. Um, Morton's a two fifty favorite here. Any interest in Wagus back? No, I've played him quite a bit, and it's always disappointed me. And now his numbers are real bad, and he's not doing good. And Tampa Bay can hit, and just stop me whenever I've reached the point of no way I'm playing. Yeah, um, he's been decent against lefties this season in a small sample size if we're just looking at, you know, Woba and stuff like that. But, you know, his his XFIP screams some regression. He's only pitched, 
you know, 55 plate appearances, 13.2 innings against lefties. So we really don't have a large enough sample to really understand what we're looking at here with him against lefties. But, you know, we can look at, you know, only a 21% soft contact rate. You know, his BABIP's 260. Like, his XFIP is a run and a half higher than his ERA. Like, there's some regression coming to the left side. Um, does it happen in this spot? Maybe. His numbers against righties, he's really struggled with righties um, in a small sample. So, a lot of, lot of um, home run potential that he's going to give up. He's given up a ton of hard contact, not generating any soft contact against righties. And, you know, we see this. Right-handed pitchers with not good sliders, good breaking balls, they're going to struggle with right-handed hitters. And, you know, it's kind of what we're seeing here. So, Morton on the other side of this game. It's a free-swinging young Toronto team. Any interest here in Morton? Yeah, I kind of forgot he was on the site. Not going to lie. I was talking about top-priced pitchers and forgot about Morgan, but or Morton. He is very much in play. Got pretty much the same numbers as Castillo and Giolito, but he has a much lower XFIP and walk rate because – because of his walk rate. He hasn't been great in his last few starts, but he's gone up against Boston, Boston, New York. He's still a great pitcher. He's also very much in play. Like I said, I'm going to find the lowest owned of the three top guys and end up playing him. And he, but he's a perfect pivot off of Giolito. Um, this team does swing freely. They are not great hitters. They're all decent. They do have power, but Morton's a pretty big ground ball guy, and he seems like the perfect pitcher to just 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 mow through a young team. So yeah, I like Morton. Probably like him just as much as Castillo or Giolito. Um, if we're incorporating ownership, but Giolito is probably the better play strictly because as bad as Toronto may be, they at least have power. Detroit just has nothing. Just nothing. Just an overpriced Miguel Cabrera who's not very good. Yeah, and like. We're, uh, the Toronto guys are all really, really solid. Like, this team's going to be really fun to watch in a year, maybe two. They're, they have a lot of talent, but they're still really young. So, a veteran pitcher like Morton could go out here and, and dominate this team. So, um, I, I like Morton's upside here. Not necessarily a spot I'd want to stack Toronto. Uh, you nailed it. You know, ground ball pitcher. Um, I I don't even know if I'd play any of these Toronto bats. Maybe like, maybe like a Biggio, but I don't really see myself using any of these Toronto bats. Uh, ballpark downgrade. The only thing that Toronto has going here, Grant, is they're really, really cheap. Yeah, I still don't think that's enough to me. I mean, if we're looking for power, but they only have a two point nine implied run total here. Like, I don't like they're cheap, but. I mean, would you rather play them or a really cheap White Sox stack or there's one other stack we talked about. Like, Cincinnati's not much more expensive than them in a better ballpark, like going up against a much worse pitcher. I, I don't see the need for Toronto at all. Um, Tampa on the other side of this game, uh, any interest here in the bats on the Tampa side? I mean, Toronto's bullpen's not very good, and Wagner's pack has been terrible late recently. Um, there's some good bats here. Looking at their price tags, and a lot of them are affordable. I mean, Choi's going to be leading off probably at 3.9K. Kier Myers under 4K. Wagner's Pack has had some pretty extreme splits to lefties. If 
but I don't know if those like looking at his underlying pitches and numbers, like he does have a good changeup and a decent cutter, but I, I just don't know if all this is like really going to continue with the extreme reverse splits. So I'm willing to weigh him as a splits neutral guy. So a lot of the lefties here are underpriced. And so, yeah, I, I don't mind any Tampa Bay bats. I'm not in love with them, but I don't mind any of them. It's kind of how I feel. Maybe if you end up in this price range or something of one of these bats, like I don't think I'm necessarily going to talk anybody off of it. It's just, you know, the ballpark's not great, and there's a lot of good spots on this slate. So we, we, we move on. Oakland at Chicago taking on the Cubs. Chris Bassett, Kyle Hendricks. Um, any interest here in Bassett? Uh, not really. Um, and I just I don't want to pay 8.6K for him going up against the Cubs. He's barely above average in terms of strikeouts. Probably an average pitcher getting a ballpark ground downgrade going into Chicago um, with the wind potentially blowing out a little bit. Probably not enough to really factor in too much, but I, I just don't feel the need to go with Bassett when I can get other guys that are slightly cheaper that are better. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned the wind. Um, we're, you know, seeing anywhere from seven to nine miles an hour. It'd be a good day to kind of look at um, Kevin Roth's, you know, weather edge tool and, and see how much of a difference that makes. Because we know this ballpark is like the most wind-sensitive ballpark that we have to deal with for, for fantasy. So we're going to have to check it and see, you know, what we're looking at as far as the wind goes here. So, um, Kyle Hendricks on the other side of this game, you know, ground ball pitcher doesn't typically get blown up. Um, any interest here in Hendricks? No, I'd rather play any of the other guy, three guys at the top. Like people don't have really realize because he's kind of changed up his pit, pitch mix this year. Like he's going more for strikeouts versus lefties and going towards ground balls versus righties. So his fantasy upside is drastically lower going up against a lineup that's probably going to be predominantly righties here. Like, he's not going to give up as many runs, but his strikeout upside isn't nearly the same here. I I don't think I want to pay 9.9K for him unless he was going up against a real lefty-heavy lineup. So I'm out on him, especially with the wind blowing out a little bit. Yeah, and it's just a price thing for me, 9300 Um It's just that price to me is a little steep uh, for a guy that, like you said, um, much higher upside this season against um, lefties and righties. So uh, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Oakland bats? No, I mean, I prefer to target lefties versus them because there's more fantasy upside, but Olsen has a 27% K rate versus or versus right-handed pitching. Like I'm fine with using him. He's under 4K, but there's so many first basemans that are cheap. I'd rather go with Travis. Not going to argue with Matt Olson play, but not terribly happy about it. And then Chris Davis is super cheap and Chapman's super cheap considering their stuff. It's going up against a ground ball pitcher, but yeah, if the wind is blowing out a decent enough amount, then they're going to be a little bit too cheap for what they can provide. Will Chris Davis even be in the lineup? I don't know. They're losing the DH. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Trying to remember last time they went to an NL team. Uh, I hope he's not. I don't want to have to play him. <laughs> right. Um, Cubs side of things here against Bassett. 
you know, I prefer the lefties. Um, Hayward, Rizzo, Schwarber would be the guys that I'd be looking at here. But again, like, you know, unless the wind is going to make a, a major impact here, it's not necessarily a spot that, like, I have to have. So I'm um, going to be paying attention to, like I said, uh, the wind and, and you know, kind of getting an idea of what we're looking at as far as that goes. Um, you know, just trust in the tr- tools. It's one of the best tools that we have. So, um, yeah, I'm, I don't want to really, like, commit to anything when it comes to this team because, uh, again, a lot of my decision on this team is going to be the wind. I think I'm going to play them regardless. They're too cheap. Um, Castellanos, if the wind is a factor, is uh, close to lock for me. 3.5K, he's a pretty big ground ball or fly ball hitter, um, and that price tag is just too cheap for him if the wind's blowing out at 8 miles an hour. Hayward, Rizzo, I'm fine with. Really like Schwarber under 4K. He's more of a fly ball hitter if the wind is blowing out. Bass is just not great, so... Yeah, I'll play most of the guys from this lineup, but I really like their prices is mostly the reason why. All right. Um, Atlanta at Minnesota. Sorka against Oda Rizzi. Pick them game, 10 total. Um, any interest here, Mike Sorka? No, he's just someone I never really play, and Minnesota's a very good team. So it doesn't have a huge – just good real-life pitcher. doesn't have a huge amount of strikeouts and – his repertoire and Minnesota is a very good team here. It's 9.1K. That's too much for me to pay for him, especially going up against a team that has a 5.1 run total. Yeah. And like, I like him. He doesn't give up home runs. He's just facing a team that is really, really hot that has four or five guys in the starting lineup with fly ball rates um, over 40%. So like, it's just, it's just very worrisome. Um, I like Sorka. You mentioned it. He's a he's a good real life pitcher. Um, the other side of this game, Oda Rizzi. He's been a lot better this season against righties um, than in years past. Do you have any interest in Oda Rizzi here? No, Atlanta's too good of a team, and there's not a huge amount of strikeouts in it outside of Riley and Duvall. He is better versus righties, but, but like he doesn't even strike him out at that high of a clip at twenty three percent. Five and play toe against him. I'm I'm not going to play him. It's kind of where I'm at. Um, don't have a ton of interest here. As far as the Atlanta bats go, uh, don't mind Freeman. They are adding a DH, um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do with like the DH situation here. But I don't ever hate playing Freeman. Um, Albie's Freeman McCann, maybe. I mean, I'll play anyone with. Anyone with some power. I mean, Odorizzi still has a 40% fly ball, over 40% fly ball rate and over 40% hard contact rate to both sides of the plate. He's due for some negative regression against righties. And looking at the price tags, like Albies is a little too cheap at 4.3. Freeman's probably too cheap at 4.9. Donaldson's cheap. Duvall is not a great price, but Riley, McCann, like there's power all the way up and down this lineup. And Odorizzi gives up bombs. So I don't mind any of the power bats, which is pretty much everyone one through eight. Yeah, and you mentioned the regression. Um, you know, 2.52 ERA with a 4.82 XFIP against righties this season. So you kind of – you talked about it, but there, there's definitely definitely some regression coming to these numbers against righties. So um, 
I, I like it a little bit more than I had originally um, liked it after looking at that. So um, I don't hate this spot for these guys. It's just going to be picking and choosing. It doesn't seem like they're too expensive. Like Donaldson's 4.2K. Really like that price for Donaldson. I think that's a fantastic price. McCann's 3.7. So don't mind that either. Um, Minnesota, <laughs> Nelson Cruz, right? Like hottest center in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I want to f- target fly ball guys versus righties, especially ones with some power. And, oh, look, we have Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, and Snow. All the guys hit fly balls at a 40%-plus clip. Well, Cruz is at 38.8, but I don't really care what his, that number is because he's still going to just hit a home run. Um, I'm fine with <laughs> any of these point. guys. I don't think that it's going to be that heavily owned stack. Cruz is 5.8K, which is going to be really tough to stomach, but – I'd pay 5.8K for two home runs. So, yeah, pretty much anyone in the stack is viable. They're going to be very low because of their prices. So, I really like the stack for tournaments. Yeah, Nelly, Nelly, nine home runs over the last 10 games for Nelson Cruz. Um, Chris Davis has 17 on the entire season. <laughs> uh, anyway, Philadelphia <laughs> at Arizona, Vincent Velasquez um, against Merrill Kelly. 10 total pick them game roof closed in this one. Um, any interest here in Vincent Velasquez? I always play Vincent Velasquez. For some reason people don't like to play him. They just straight up look at his expect numbers, but he's got strikeout stuff. And I mean, look at the last three games. He's averaging over 20 points. Granted two of those games were pretty easy matchups here. Um, but like Arizona is a tough matchup. There is the roof open. Do we know that yet? Close, close. All right, so that definitely helps quite a bit considering it's close to the boiling point over in Arizona. Um, but, yeah, like this is a tough lineup here, and they can beat him up, but he's going to come in at low ownership. He has tons of upside. They're an average strikeout lineup. So I don't, I don't mind him at all. Like, honestly, his price, tag for, for his price tag per K rate is the lowest on the slate. <laughs> So I, I think that he could absolutely crush it, and he's not going to get a ton of ownership because of the high run total against him. Yeah, my only issue is, like, Arizona just a team that just doesn't strike out very often. Um, like, I think that's the, the biggest thing for a guy that, you know, but like you said, he's so cheap that if he doesn't get there, like, he's not going to kill you. Um, you know, you're playing him for his upside. So – I don't hate the spot. Again, it's just more the only the only caution that I'm going to throw at it is the strikeout upside is potentially a little bit limited against an Arizona team that doesn't K a lot. So anything can happen, though. It's baseball. So um, Merrill Kelly stinks. That is correct. That's all I got. I am in agreement. Yeah, like there's so much regression with this guy's numbers, and I, I know I, I say it every time, but – so much regression coming for this guy. He's just, I don't know, he keeps getting away with it. But he's also, like, it's starting to show a little bit more and more every start. Like, he really struggled against Miami, really struggled against Baltimore. Like, we're starting to finally see that regression, and I have zero interest in Merrill Kelly. Same. Uh, let's talk bats here. Philly's kind of cold. Like, this seems not hitting the ball tremendously well right now. Um, what are we doing with the Philly bats? I mean, Kelly gives up a whole lot of hard contact and a decent amount of fly balls to ready. I like Hoskins quite a bit. 
Um, his price tag at 4.7K is a little tough to stomach, but he's in play. Harper's in play. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. Like, no one else's price tag really stands out. The numbers don't stand out. Kelly's not great. I don't mind a stack, but it's really just Harper and Hoskins for me. Yeah, if I was playing a bunch of teams today, I would definitely have the, a, a, a stack variation or two or three of this Philly team today. Like, it's definitely something that I would consider if I was playing uh, more than, like, one or two teams, which I'm playing. So, um, I don't hate it. I really don't hate the Philly stack. Like, Dickerson, if he bats lead off, like, there's power. One, two, three, four, five. Um, there's plenty of ways to stack this team, too. So, uh, as far as Arizona goes here, the lefties, you know, Marte, Escobar, Peralta, maybe even Jake Lamb. But I like them more as a three-man than a four-man. But um, we know Vincent Velasquez, when he does struggle, he does give up home runs. So, I don't hate this um, three-man here. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much anyone with power in this lineup is entirely fine with me. I prefer to target low strikeout guys versus Velasquez, so Kettle Marte is the first guy that I would throw in. But, yeah, Espar and Peralta are both fine. Lamb is all right. By the way, how many guys leave the Mariners and just absolutely start crushing? Infuriating. <laughs> like, every year I see someone new, and now Kettle Marte, just a random guy that we just didn't re-sign. Could have kept him for cheap, and now he's just absolutely destroying. I think Seattle's now where baseball players go to let their career die. Also, Adrian Beltre was the worst one ever because he was great and then terrible and then great again. Nelson Cruz, right? I mean, he did good for us, but then he went on a whole nother level once he left at 39 years old. He's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, all right. Moving on, Washington at San Francisco. Eric Fed against Jeff Samarja. Uh, no total in this one. Expecting the total to be somewhat low here, right? Like a game in San Francisco. Don't expect a ton of um, runs in this game. So, um, any interest here in Eric Fed? Uh, no. He's got a 13% K rate guy that walks and is just not a very good pitcher at all. I mean, San Francisco is not a very good team, but. It's just not worth it. I mean, he is 5.6K. I could see him getting some traction today just because of his price tag and the fact that it's in San Francisco at 60 degrees out. They're a higher strikeout team. But I don't see many ways that he ends up crushing his price tag. I'm not going to talk you off of playing him just because he's super cheap on a slate with no good cheap pitchers. And he could end up with 15 to 20 points. But, like, he's going to end up with – not many strikeouts, so he literally just has to get lucky with Babbitt this entire game, going to get against a bad team in a very good ballpark. So I'm not going to talk you off of it, but I don't think I'm going to play any of them. Um, any interest here in the Shark? I don't hate it. I don't like it. It's a decently high strikeout team in a great pitcher's ballpark, six degrees outside, which is great pitching weather. Like, Samarja is a better home pitcher than he is away. I don't hate it, but he's 8.7K. Like, I'd rather go in the 7K range and go with a guy like Velasquez or go with a guy like Turnbull or what's-his-name earlier, Seville. Um, any of those guys are fine. But, like, if you have the extra money, sure, go ahead and play Shark. Just I'm not going to go out of my way to play him at all. Yeah, it's just not – 
it's just not the best matchup in the world for him. Or not – I guess the matchup is perfectly fine. It's not the best price tag in the world is what I meant. Um, the price is just – my biggest issue with him today is price. Like, if he was a little bit cheaper here, I'd have a ton of interest. But I will say, like, I don't think he's the worst play by any means on the slate. So, um, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and try to talk anybody off of him. I think he's – He's one of the safer options on the slate. We don't have a ton of safety, but is safety really what you're looking for on a 12-game slate uh, with plenty of pitchers in this price range? So, um, Washington bats, don't really love anybody here. Um, I-, I could see Trey Turner. I could see maybe an Adam Eaton just because, like, this ballpark's better for, you know, doubles and triples instead of home runs, and, you know, you can run. But that- that's kind of all I got. Yeah, yeah, not really a whole lot of interest. I just don't like playing players in San Fran unless it's like an A-degree wet day because people just don't really seem to notice it because San Fran is also always kind of cool. Um, so when it's actually a hot day, that's the only time I ever play hitters in San Fran. There you go. Um, any interest in the Giants at all? Belts, 3.1K, one of the endless amount of cheap first basemen for some reason today. Votes not bad at 3.6K. Sandoval's not bad. Yastrzemski's not bad, but none of them are good plays. It's just if you need some cheap hitters, top four in the lineup are not terrible hitters in a very good matchup, just in a bad ballpark. So their price tags make them a little bit appealing. Yep. All right, last game of the slate. We got St. Louis at LA taking on the Dodgers. Nine total. It's Goslin, Gonsalin, Gonsalin, um, Waka and Gonsalin. Any interest here in Michael Waka? No, Dodgers are very good. Waka's not a high K-rate guy. He struggles versus lefties and righties, and the Dodgers are just very good. They have a five-plus implied run total. I don't like to play pitchers, even though he's 6K, just not worth it to me. Um... Gonzalez on the other side of things. You know, Waka's terrible against lefties too, and good luck with this one. Um, Gonzalez on the other side, you know, 13.3% swinging strike rate, 24% K rate in AAA this season, home run per nine under one. XFIP is screaming some regression, though, at 6.36. Um, any interest here in him? No, he's not going to go late enough into the game. And is that XFIP in the majors? He hasn't walked anyone, I don't think, so that's bound to regress. Uh, he's a decent pitcher, but he's not going to go late enough in the game for it to be worth it. No interest in him at all. I don't know. Dave Roberts all of a sudden wants to throw his pitchers deeper into games. One thing I never want to rely on in life is trusting David Roberts. No, I just it was more of a Dustin May tilt from Friday. Um, that's all that was, so don't mind me. Um, any interest in the Cardinals' bats here? I don't think so. Um, I mean – Looking at the price tag, some of them are cheap. Carp's cheap at 3.7. Fowler's cheap at 3.5. Like, I'm fine with them. If you really want to stack them up, go ahead. There's a young pitcher that can get beat up. But, like, their price tags are appealing. That's pretty much it. And then Goldschmidt, obviously, has been hot over the last month, so don't mind him. Um, The Dodgers, late-night hammer? Late-night hammer, and they're all too cheap going up against oh, a no. trash pitcher. Like, Belly's 5.6K, but outside of that, no one's over 4.4. Like, these are a lot of cheap, very good bats. I love the Dodger stack today. They might be one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate going up against 
just a really bad pitcher. Just, just super bad. So, yeah, like they're all good hitters. They're all underpriced, and you can fit them in your lineups pretty easily. So play the lefties, play Turner, play Pollock, play everyone. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good spot for the Dodgers. So uh, I don't know. I, I stack this team a lot, and they disappoint a lot. But they they have their slates where they just bust slates, and this seems like one of those slates where they have the potential to bust a slate. So I'm certainly going to have um, exposure here to the Dodgers. Um. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Velasquez. I'm going to go with Turnbull. Uh, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. I don't want to go obvious. So I'm going to go with Soroka. I don't know how. I don't know, is that obvious? No, it's not. Obvious is minor. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Bassett. don't like it. All right. Uh, give me a home run over 4K. Over 4K, I'm going to go with Hoskins. I like that one. That's not who I was expecting. Um, I'm going to take my favorite play on the slate. I don't care if he's chalked. Don't care. J.D. Martinez is going to hit home run today. Oh, um, don't, really obvious. Hey, listen. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm biased sometimes. Uh, all right, Grant, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. I'm just going to steal your guy then and go Sam Travis. I was going to take Sam Travis too. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I was. Um, you know what? Give me Brian McCann. Give me a catcher. Bold. I like it. All right, Grant. Give me a stack. Score six or more runs today. I'm going to go Dodgers. I was going to go Dodgers, too. I know. I'm just stealing your stuff. <laughs> Are you looking at my notes? Um, no, I've just known you way too long. <laughs> probably. Probably the case. All right. I'm just thinking. I don't want to take. I don't want to take the Red Sox. I don't want to take the Indians with their high implied totals. Um, Yankees. Give me the Atlanta Braves. Nice. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, if you're at a bachelor party, don't play chicken fights in the pool for an hour straight, you will wake up feeling like you got hit by a bus. Words of advice from Jeannie for Grant. Always a pleasure to work with you and do podcasts. Um, it's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. If everyone has an awesome night, good luck in your contest and we'll see you then. Hey kids. <laughs>